Church, we are turning this morning to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. 1 John, the Apostles' letter to the church, chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Please refer to the scripture as printed on the screen. The caption for this morning is Living as a Child of God. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as He is pure. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So church, as we look at this text uh, this morning, the Apostle John, the great evangelist, uh, spent most and much of his time uh, proclaiming the Word of God and encouraging the local church, okay? John also did a, a lot of writing in his uh, life and, and ministry uh, for the Lord. So if I had to sum up what uh, these letters are, they are pastoral letters to the Gentile church to encourage the believers, okay? Now, I, I want to stop there and say this. Each and every one of us we need encouragement, do we not? We need encouragement for life. As people of faith, we need daily encouragement that, hey, it's going to be okay. Hey, keep hope alive. Hey, be steady in your walk with Jesus Christ. Because as we know, and as Scripture tells us over and over and over again, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulations. It's not a cakewalk. Life by no means is easy. So when we are encouraged by fellow believers, it builds us up, right? It, it lifts us up. And whether we are giving that encouragement or whether we are receiving that encouragement, look, that is a good thing. It is a holy thing, and we are blessed when we are encouraged. So think of John, okay, the apostle, as an encouraging force for the Lord. And he's writing these letters, these, these epistles, John 1, 2, and 3, uh, to, to do just that. Now, th this is a little further on in 1 John, but you also need to do this. John or know this, rather, John is encouraging, but he's also giving the local church a heads up 
to say there are forces in this world, okay, that want to manipulate the gospel of Jesus Christ and even manipulate Jesus himself. And John says they are not of Jesus, okay? He says beware of false teaching and false prophecy, okay? So he's giving the church a heads up to say, be aware of it because it exists, but really it's an attack on the church, John says. So he says, in your walk with Jesus Christ, stay on that holy path with the Lord, but beware that everything that is coming out of a teacher or a preacher's mouth is not of God, as he calls it, false prophecy, okay? False teaching, okay? Which still, of course, exists today. So, uh, one thing that I want to uh, mention uh, this morning is the Apostle John says, look, in your walk with Jesus Christ, live as a child of God. Live as a child of God. So let us go to the Lord's Word this morning, picking up with verse 1, and let's kind of unpack where the Apostle John is going. John says in verse 1, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Let me stop right there and make this statement. The Word of God will never, ever ask you to do something without firstly reminding you of who you are. Let me say that again. You look through the Holy Scriptures, okay, and what you will find is this. Scripture will never ask you to do something, to commit to something, without firstly reminding you, the reader, the believer, of who you are. That being a child of God. You're putting your faith in who, in what? The Lord God Almighty. How do we know the Lord God Almighty to the fullest extent? It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. So we always need to be reminded, church, you and I need to remind ourselves as believers of who we are and to whom we belong. That is so critical, so, so critical. Let me pick up with verse 1b part here. It says, but the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Let me say this. It is so very important for you and I to know who we are, that being our identity, and to whom we belong. Now, each and, uh, each and every one of us have the option to run away from that, okay? To 
ignore who we are and to whom we belong. We can, in a sense, just sweep it under the carpet. We can run in the other direction. But you know what? Here's the thing. If we're always running and we're always ignoring and we're putting deaf ears to the almighty presence of God and his voice, then we will never fully live the life that God wants us to live. I want you to know that right now, okay? If we were always running, if we are always rejecting, if we were always ignoring, then we will never, ever live the life that God has in store for us, okay? You see, that takes work, right, to accept the life that God has for you and I. It takes a certain amount of humility. It takes a certain amount of faith. It takes a whole lot of trust. Who we are and to whom we belong. John is saying that ultimately boils down to this, that you and I are children of God. Okay? Now, let me pick up with the next verse here. Verse 2, it says this, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. You know, when I read these verses from the Apostle John, it makes me think of that great spiritual classic by C.S. Lewis called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It was a great book. It was a pretty good movie. If you haven't read the book or seen the movie, that's okay. But I do want to illustrate a point that directly parallels to this Scripture text, okay? So bear with me for a moment, okay? This story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, center around four siblings, okay? This one story, okay, is part of a larger story called The Chronicles of Narnia. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe deal specifically with these four siblings, okay? These four siblings figure out a passageway, a doorway, if you will, into this magical world called Narnia. Now, let me stop there and say this. This is just your pastor's opinion, okay? These four, these four siblings symbolize you and I. That being the seeker, someone who realizes, hey, there's a whole lot to this world. I've got lots of questions that need answering. I'm feeling this nudging, like, hey, you know what? There's something bigger than just me in this world doing that nudging, pulling me in this direction. Help me. 
and then you go on this search. The four siblings, being symbolic of you and I, are those seekers. They go to this world called Narnia. One of the very important characters there in this world of Narnia is this lion called Aslan. Aslan is the Christ figure. If you will notice, when these characters meet and they bond, the siblings are different. They're transformed. Here's one other element in the story that I want to tell you about. Through their adventures, they realize, these siblings do, a detail about their life, a detail about their character trait that you need to know. They realize, these four siblings do, that they are in fact kings and queens. You see, there's two brothers and two sisters. In this Narnia world, they are different. They become something different. A part of their identity is in fact revealed to them that they are royalty. Imagine that. Now, they go back to England, okay, where they were born and raised. Here's the thing you need to know when they go back to England. They're just mere boys and girls, you see. They didn't change. People view them still as children. They aren't respected in any kind of different way. They aren't looked at in any kind of different way. But here's what we need to know. These siblings, they're different. They know that they are different. Why do they know that they are different? Because they know their true identity. You see, they know their true identity. Who? they are, and to whom they belong. That's key here, church. The same goes for the person of faith. You and I must know our true identity. Now, let me put this in an everyday kind of way and put it in real time, okay? Our identity, church, is not based on what someone else thinks of us. The world would tell you it is, but our identity is not based on what someone else thinks of us or the judgment calls that they make on our lives, okay? Our identity is not based on how many likes we get on Facebook, okay? Our identity is not based on you and I being self-proclaimed know-it-alls. Our identity is not based in the world. Our identity is always and forever will be based on this right here, the cross at Calvary. You see, when Christ went to the cross at Calvary, the Almighty paid 
the ultimate price there for all of the sin of mankind. And when that happened, the blood of Jesus Christ bought us all. And all sin then was forgiven. The ultimate sacrifice was made. The Lamb of God, as Scripture says, was sacrificed. There was no more need for a lamb every day to be sacrificed because Jesus Christ made that ultimate sacrifice. So our identity as a child or children of God always goes back to the cross because we were bought and paid for and ultimately freed when that happened. We were, in a sense, saved in that moment. Now, let me back that up with the Word of God, and then we'll land. I want to go to this Scripture text. It spoke to me in this week, 2 Corinthians 6, 18. Take a look at this. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty God. Our identity has everything, church, to do with the cross. Remember this day, this All Saints Sunday, who you are and to whom you belong. Let me pray for us. 